0: Kadushin, Perak Aleph, One hey, Five. Now our Mishnah talks about how one makes Kenyanam and other assets. So assets called Nechasim in uh, Mishnahic Hebrew uh, can be one of two basic types. Either they can be assets which are um, real estate, the ground itself, and the structures built on the ground. Those are referred to as Nechasim Sheyeshlehem Achrayos. I'll explain why in a moment. And then you have um, anything else essentially which is like a, a, a movable object. I think the technical name for that is chattel. Uh, but any, any chattels, you know, like a hat or a cup or a sofa or a chair, or whatever it is, all those things um, are called nechasm she'en lehem achrayas. The translation would be um, assets that don't have responsibility or something like that, um, as opposed to nechasm she'en lehem real estate, which is property which has responsibility, I'll translate Um What this is referring to is that if one um, takes on any kind of of debt, so the creditor automatically has a lien, like an encumbrance, on uh, real estate that the borrower owns uh, or things that are attached to the ground. And the same goes if, let's say, one marries a woman, he gives her a ksuba. Her ksuba is guaranteed automatically and always by all of his real assets, meaning his property and the stuff which is attached to his property, the structures, etc. So um, since they are acting as assurance for the payment of the debt he's incurring or the financial obligation he's incurring, they're called nechasem the machrayas. they carry responsibility because what it means is if after he marries the woman and gives her ksuba, uh, he then goes and sells the property that he had at that point. So then if later on when... he he divorced the woman, if he doesn't have the wherewithal to pay her, her ksuba payment, she can go to the person who purchased his property, his nechasa m'shyesh and say, listen, I had an encumbrance, a lien, a khirayut, um on that property that you bought, and therefore I'm like sort of like the first, like the bank, I'm like the first lien on it, so you now have to essentially liquidate your asset to pay me out on my ksuba. Okay, and that wouldn't be the case when it comes to like a, a chair or a Maserati or whatever else that, you know, a diamond ring the guy owns, all those things, are if he sells them by the time the one wants a claim or any the bank wants a claim on him or a lender wants a claim on him, uh, they don't have a price, the lender cannot go to the person who in the interim purchased the Maserati or the diamond ring, etc. Okay? So that being the case, um, the mission is going to say that there's different modes of acquisition, different Masa Kenyanim for real estate versus chattels, okay? So our mission is going to focus on like contrasting the two. So even though there are certain kinds of kenyanim which could work for both, we're not going to focus on that, we're not going to mention that, we're going to mention the modes that only work for one and not the other. So it says, real estate, the three modes that are peculiar and unique to real estate as opposed to movables, and by the, the same list of three we saw for the Evid uh, Kanani, is kesef, money, something of value, shtar, which is a contract, or chazaka, some sort of proprietary act. And I'll go through them now, each one by, the, by themselves. So kesef means um, the giving of value. This is kind of like um, the giving of a ring to the woman um, for marriage, whereas it's not a matter of the Amount of money you're giving necessarily being worth the value of the real estate. As long as you give something of value and the seller accepts it, so that affects the transaction. Okay, um, and you could you'll, you'll you'll be on the hook to pay the rest later on. Um, but the point is, you can affect the sale now that it does no turning back, and um, you know the deed hands over or whatever it is, the rights to hand over um, with any amount of kesef, any amount of money. Now that's true, but in a uh, society in which people do not sell a property, that also don't buy property, I should say, without also getting like the the deed to the property, a contract proving that it's theirs. So then, kesef loan won't work because for every Kenyan this is really important. For every Kenyan throughout the whole of the Masakhta and the whole of Kol Kula, there are two steps. There is the necessary prerequisite. There's a meeting of the minds between the two parties. They're agreeing to make this transaction under whatever given conditions they've agreed to, and then to effect that transaction is the Masa kinyan which means, um, you know, the same way kiss can't give a ring to a woman and she accepts it or she's my wife. No, it has to be she's accepting it for the sake of becoming my wife. So, so too, um, if I give someone money for their property, it has to be they've agreed to the terms first. And it would go without saying, unless it was said to the contrary, that this sale of the property is not going to be taking place until I get the deed. So that wouldn't be without saying, and therefore wouldn't, in such a society, you'd need to have a deed or contract along with the money. The second case is the star. Star is a contract, which basically is like a deed saying, you now own the farm. And when you, you, get, the, you get that deed, it's transferred owner transferred over to you, the, the new buyer. Um, again, here, this is assuming that a person's accepting, like, a, you know, making a gift or something. But if it's actual sale, so then under normal circumstances, the person will not agree to give away the farm until they first get paid in full. And therefore, star loans aren't good enough. Uh, for a sale, you need to have the full payment uh, as well. So yes, that means when you're using star, full payment would be required, because that's the normal assumption a person's using in terms of what he would normally do. Whereas if you're using kesef, it's sort of a symbolic act, and even not the full payment could work um, if you were doing it for the sake of affecting the transaction. And finally, uva chazaka, with some kind of act which shows ownership. So kind of like the same way when it came to the eved, the slave, the chazaka was, you know, making the slave do something which only an owner would um, have it done for him. You know, like his shoes or carrying him on his back or something. Same goes with chazaka. For real estate, it means that in the presence of the seller, the buyer changes the locks or puts up a fence or digs a hole or something. So, of course, the previous owner would never let that happen in front of him unless the person who's doing the changing of the locks or building the fence, whatever the story is, is the new owner. So that act shows he's the new owner because no one else besides him would be allowed to build a fence and the like. Okay. In contrast, the when it comes to property that doesn't have a Christ, meaning all chattels, all movables, a niknin elabishika. You have to actually take the item. Now Mishika here in our Mishnah doesn't mean literally to make it move like it did in the previous Mishnah when it came to livestock. You don't easily make necessarily, you know, a sofa move, but you have to take the sofa. So that means either yes, drag it or pick it, or of course lifting it up, Hugba would be okay. But the point is if if you're buy something from me you have to it has to get into your hand before it's yours okay um, meaning that Kasef money doesn't work and that's super important to understand uh, meaning just because you pay the money for the hat doesn't mean it's yours you have to take the hat and that's the point of our mission here now there's a very important machlokus that lurks essentially the Torah kal- kal- ter- kula between Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish whether um, mido Orisa Kesef works as a Masa from to affect the transfer of ownership of, of uh, movable objects, and just the rabbi said no, um, or not. So according to Rish Lakesh, it just simply doesn't work. Cash isn't a, a way to effect the transaction uh, for movables. According to Ritz it really is a way, uh, but the rabbi said no. The rabbi said it shouldn't work, uh, because there's concern that if a person would essentially um, take money but not deliver the object, so then let's say, you know, I'm selling you all the my hats in my hat factory, and now I get the the money. And now, if a fire breaks out in the hat factory, I'm not going to bother to save your hats because I'll say, "Listen, your hats deal with it yourself." And you never took possession of them, so you're going to get messed up. So the rabbis therefore said, "Listen, until the actual object is delivered, it's not uh, the sale hasn't happened." Now, while that's true, I should point out that if a person, um, you know, pays for something and then he, you know, then there's a, they back out. Say, I, they say, listen, I didn't require the hat yet, I didn't take the hat, so I want my money back, essentially. I'm not, not agreeing with this after all. So while that is something that he could do, um, technically, he faces sort of a curse of the rabbis called Misha Parah. Um, that's like a, the phrase, which means he who took retribution, but the full phrase is Misha parama Anche She Dor mabil, the person who took retribution against the men of the of the generation of the Flood. Umador haflaga flaga and the generation of the dispersion, you know, the Tower of Babel generation. who asil li pare omed bidiburo, He will also take, you know, make a, take retribution against the person who doesn't stand by his word. So you're not allowed to do that, but it, it technically could work. Okay? Fine. In any case, the point here is, when it comes to movables, kesef, star, chazaka don't work, and so you have to take the object itself. Now, that being the case, the Mishnah says still... um there's a way you can sort of bundle these together. Because if you're doing a transaction in which you're transferring both real estate and the chattels together, that can work. And that can work by the normal modes by which you acquire real estate. Meaning, if I'm selling you, um, my, both my farm and my tractor, even if the tractor is, you know, on the other side of town, if I do an act which sells you the farm, you know Kesef Star Chazaka. So I can say you're also acquiring not just the farm, but the tractor which is on the other side of town in the shop. Okay? And when you get the star for the, or the money for the farm, the tractor immediately becomes yours. That's called a Kenyan agav. Agav means on the back of, meaning it's an acquisition of the chattels, the movables, on the back of, literally, the real estate which is being acquired. Okay? It doesn't work the other way around, meaning. If I sell you my tractor, and you drive off with it, and it becomes yours, you can't also make a Kenyan Agav to also own the farm. But if you get the farm, you can get the tractor with it. Okay. Um, On the other hand, there's another thing here. Now, this next sentence has nothing to do with Kenyan Amt It has to do with something called a Gilgul Shvua. A Shvua is is an oath that one takes in the courts. Um, And Gilgul means, like, to roll on. So... That like a, a galgalim on Hebrew is a wheel to roll on. So the idea is that there are certain scenarios where the Torah allows a person to demand that his um, his adversary in the in the court um, swear. So that's there's two basic cases of that. One is what's called a motum If I say you owe me a hundred dollars, you say no, I just owe you fifty dollars. So I can't make you pay me more than fifty, but I can force you to swear that you don't owe me the other fifty. Okay, that's called um mixtas. As opposed to if I say you owe me a hundred, you say I owe you nothing, then if I have no witnesses, then I can do nothing. Okay, not even force you to take a Shavuot. The other way is what's called an eight Echad. If I have one witness, so I have one witness that says you owe me $100 and you deny it. Well, I'll never be able to make you pay the 100 but I can at least force you to say under oath, to swear um, that you don't owe me the money um, because I have one witness saying you do. And once you take that shvur, you get to keep. you get to keep... Uh, the money that I'm claiming. If you refuse to take the oath, then I can get it. Okay. So the point is, one doesn't take a shvua on land. I can't. If I say you owe me the farm, and you say no, I don't. Um, even if you would say, well, I own only I sold you half the farm. So there's the motum mixus, if you will. That can't allow me to make a shvua on you because you don't take an oath. You don't swear on on real estate. But if I say I sold you, you know. Um two tractors and the farm, and you say uh, no, it was just one tractor and no farm, since your motive mixes us on the tractors, you admit for partial of the tractors, and I can make you take a shvu on the tractor part of it, so I can now do maggal I can roll on to you a gilgul shvu and say once you're swearing about the tractor, I demand that you swear about the farm as well, and then I can force you to take a shvu on the farm. So that's the point of our mission over here that the zokinkhasum Sha. Zokin is like to obligate, to atta- uh, obligate, kind of like the, I'll tell you two uses of the word. One is, in Yibum when a person dies, uh, when a man dies, no children, so his wife has a Zika, she's Zakuk, to her brother-in-law, like she's obligated to deal with him first before she can marry someone else, and the Gemara says, when it comes to like your Hanukkah candles, it asks, if your Hanukkah candles burn out before the half an hour is up, you have to light them, are you Zakuk to them, you have to relight them. So Zakuk is obligated. So, V'zokin and the machrayas. You're obligated, you can obligate um, by means of property that has no responsibility, meaning chattels, movable objects. They can obligate, <inaudible> They can obligate one to take a sw- an oath to swear about um, property, which is real estate, that has a chryis, through the mechanism I described before, called Gilgul Once you're swearing on the movables, I can force you to swear at the same time about the non-movable real estate as well.